everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Leadership and Lattes. My name is Danielle Lord, and I am with today with my lovely cohorts. Cohorts, I said it again, and my lovely cohorts, <laughs> Crystal Roberts. I'm going to have to not say that anymore. <laughs> Hi, Danielle. I'm really excited to be here again with you. Fifth on our fifth podcast. It is. It is our fifth podcast. Yes, indeed. So, um, and it is a lovely day here in the Pacific Northwest, and I hope it is um, a lovely day wherever uh, our listeners are today as well. So, did you do anything fun today, Crystal? We did, actually. Um, we took our boat out onto Lake Taps, and um, it's kind of late in the season a little bit, but we didn't have such great weather um, early on and uh, in the in the summer. So we took it out and my son had his first opportunity to get back up on the wakeboard. And it was so much fun um, right. during these challenging times, you know, there's yeah. not a, a lot of joy and it was so fun to see that joy all over his face um, <laughs> as he was, you know, swooshing back and forth across the <laughs> wake and having so much fun on the wakeboard. So yeah, today we got a little bit of sun and swam and got okay. a little bit of joy back in our life today. Good. Vitamin D is uh, is really healthy and helpful for us all, uh, for our, all of our immune systems, but also uh, right now with all the stress going on in the world. So glad you were able to uh, to enjoy it. So um, we had such a, ro a robust conversation the last time we were together about the difference between management and leadership that I thought it would be interesting to continue that conversation. Uh, so if it's okay with you, I would like to talk a little bit about uh, the historical perspective of management. If I Sounds get great. My, <laughs> my computer to cooperate here. And, okay. So oftentimes, you know, we still have a lot of confusion about, well, what, what's management? What's leadership? I'm in a management role. Do I lead? Well, I'm in a leadership role. Should I be managing? And I think that um, we have done a really good job of creating space that leads to complexity without doing a really good job of helping folks to understand what the difference is. And um, we confuse titles sometimes. It's not helped that over the last 40, 50 years, we've, we've worked really hard uh, to flatten the organization through downsizing and right-sizing and whatever other fancy title they put on it so people didn't get stressed out about it over the years. Um, but we've, again, just not done a really good job of providing clarity for folks. And so I thought I'd start off with um, a, a definition of kind of what uh, those of us, uh, in leadership and latte is kind of how we feel about leadership and that being an influence relationship. And this uh, is a definition that comes from Kuzu's and Posner. We've talked about Kuzu's and Posner in the past, but they say that um, it's an influence relationship among leaders and followers. And so digging a little bit deeper into that um, uh, understanding of influence, it's active, reciprocal, and non-coercive. And it's active, meaning that leaders are engaged and visible. It's reciprocal, meaning that leaders are open to the thoughts and ideas of team members and exchanges are mutual. I think that's so key right there. Exchanges are mutual. And it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's that dialogue, right? And and that happens when you're leading. Managers tend to uh, do as I say. It's a top-down command and control approach. And um, you just oftentimes don't have that level of dialogue. 
And the other thing that's really important, and this is important also because when we think about our history, particularly during the Industrial Revolution, um, we need to remember that um, an influence relationship is non-coercive. Um, and we, again, relying on influence and rapport to help us get uh, where it is that we need to be going. Um, but let's let's explore kind of this historical aspect of it. And this is my this is my history, uh, my love of history coming out a bit, <laughs> a bit too. Um, but I think we have to kind of look back about six hundred years. Um, you know, some historians would probably maybe argue with my actual timeline around this, but I think it pretty much coincides with kind of when the feudal era started. And um, it, this is really where our management paradigm stems from. Uh, there were two classes of people, basically those who had money, land, and power managed the work of everyone else. And there were no questions about that. Um, feudal tenants who did not live up to the paradigm or the position power were usually kicked off the land. And right, that's a, a very coercive approach, right? Um, if they yeah. weren't kicked off the land, they were um, they had to kind of suffer through some pretty severe economic consequences. Maybe they had to tithe more of their own um, production of grain um, uh, of the or their harvest. Maybe they had to give up a cow. Um, in, in order to kind of pay back and uh, through remuneration any egregious or grievances that they had caused. So basically our whole fundamental understanding of how to manage has been in place for this kind of 600 or so years. And that's a lot of institutional knowledge, right? That's kind of how yeah. we've done things for a long time. And we know how powerful that institutional knowledge is. I think the other thing from a science perspective that is so interesting is that they're actually starting to understand that drama and history actually lives in our DNA. <laughs> so we wonder why people have kind of adverse reactions to things over time. And if we consider that we've got this kind of management tendency in us, in our DNA, it provides a lot of explanation as to how we can hold on to something for so long. So in contrast, um, leadership has really only been in place for about 60 years. So one-tenth of the time that we've been managing. Um, and, you know, much like today, um, a, a lot dependent on um, the, the, the temper uh, of kind of the manorial lord uh, and how much he valued his human resources. And many lords were actually very kind However, so much of the life depended on what it was that they were trying to do, maintain the status quo, maintain the manner, um, that there were very, a very fine line and a very thin boundary of, of what, it, what people did, and, and you just didn't cross it. You know, when you think about the land actually didn't belong to the lords, the land actually belonged to the king, and the king and his whole entourage could show up at any time. And so the manorial lord had to make sure uh, that he was running the manor in, in a very way that was fiscally responsible for the king. And uh, if the king did show up, he was able to feed the entire entourage, which could have been 200 people, uh, you know, in this kind of lavish lifestyle that the king accepted. So when we think about it from that perspective, we can go, wow, yeah, management of the resources was really, really important. Uh, 600 years ago and, and just to make sure that all those folks lived and survived um, and, and could fight another day, <laughs> grow more wheat, <laughs> bring in more horses, whatever, uh, mm -hmm. we, we begin to see how important it was. 
So anything come to mind for you as you kind of reflect on that and think about, wow, how, is that, how does that kind of show up in our organizations today? Yeah, I think I think it's amazing that we're we're still grappling with it. I think that's what's coming to mind <laughs> is that that um, we certainly have progressed some, but um, you know if we truly believe that uh, leadership is a better way to influence people and get uh, them get the most um, out of. Uh, most production and most ideas and really um, be the best for the organization than it would have been back then as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I just think that, it, that it maybe might have worked better back then as well than it, it just as if it is working. We know it today. works better today. Yeah, with engagement and <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the science pr proves it, right, that that there's a better way. Yeah, you have to wonder, you know, how many people took chances and risks with um, maybe putting a little bit more grain in their pocket <laughs> than they should have at the end of the day, just simply because they didn't have that level of engagement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You. But I, I think what's important for us to think about today is that, um, yeah, you know, we're not, um, uh, we're not on a, a, a manor, right? <laughs> but there's still so many of those things that are important to us. We, as, as managers and leaders, regardless of what your title is, um, we still have this thing that is our overarching need for us to be fiscally responsible and good stewards of the resources. So we do have to, from time to time, manage processes, right? Mm -hmm. we, think, we think about how important like timekeeping is. Um, uh, not only timekeeping, but ensuring that invoices are paid on time to vendors or that we're getting money back in on time so that our, our business can sustain its operations, not unlike a, a big manor house. Um, but it's, you know, it's the difference just to the great point that you made a few minutes ago is it's how it's done. And um, yeah. it's, you know, that's where that influence behavior comes into play. And, and why we need folks, um, you know, who have this professional background in this area who can say, um, you know, how do we help people understand how to influence better? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's when you think about it, you go, yeah, I, I can kind of see where we've held on to this paradigm for so long. It's what we've been exposed to for so many years. <clears throat> and um, I just don't think the science has kept up or caught up with with organizations and, and how uh, we behave. But so I want to bring it back and I want to um, throw it to you for a second. Um, as a coach, um, how do you help folks, leaders understand what it means to influence and what it means to be in relationship with someone. Is that something that comes up a lot in your coaching practice? And, and what um, guidance or suggestions do you give folks around that? I think, you know, where I usually start is, um, and I think I mentioned this last time, but um, is really trying to understand what the end goal is. So what are people trying to accomplish? And then to look at, what are the ways, the most effective ways to get there? 
So that gets to both that balance between the management and the leadership. So um, thinking about um, and having them also think about when have they been the most effective, um, both when have they been most effective in helping um, to influence others and, and um, get them to do things that they need them to do to help move the organization and their team towards those goals. And also just examples when they've seen other people who have been successful mm-hmm. at that. We can learn a lot by looking around us to see who's doing it well and then looking at the things that they're doing and are there things that we could um, glean from that and learn from that and take on. We, w- we don't want to obviously um, completely take on somebody else's um their methods because what works for them doesn't necessarily work for us, but it can give us clues into what might work for us, something to try anyway, to experiment with. Mm, Um, So that's where I would start is really being sure about what's my end goal. You know, how would I know what's uh, success even would look like? And then um, where have I had success and where have I seen others have success? Yeah. And I was looking back, you know, last time I shared a bunch of um, quotes and I I pulled that out again for a few of the ones that we um, hadn't, I hadn't gotten to. Um, So since we're continuing this conversation, I'm going to throw a couple of these out. But one of those things about balance uh, between management and and leadership uh, is by John Cotter. And we love John Cotter as well. He's got a lot of, you know, obviously... um, a a real leader in this area of um, leadership development. The real challenge is to combine strong leadership and strong management and use each to balance each other. That's what John Cotter would say. So that's a great quote from John Cotter. And yeah, like you said, he's a favorite of ours as well. In fact, I was just telling someone to check out his work on, uh, because he's done so much work around change management, but yeah, that balance of um, when to manage and when to lead and knowing that it's, it's, you're constantly on a, a shifting continuum and it's not, you're not always in the center um, of, of managing versus leading. Sometimes you have, to, you have to step to one side or the other and recognize when to lead and when to manage. And that's the tough part, I think, for um, folks in leadership roles is, is recognizing when they have to do one versus the other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you're, I mean, that, that puts a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of responsibility on leaders, um, and you have to constantly be looking for um, how are folks responding, and, and what is it that they need, and do they have what they need? It's just, uh, it, it, that's what always reminds me or makes me think about how, you know, challenging and difficult um, this work can be um, by having to constantly be that on, if you will. You know, the the other thing that just came to mind as you were talking was, the um, the parallel um, or maybe supporting work with situational leadership and yeah. how it's so important to recognize yeah where you're at that's more of a sort of a four quadrant model where you're really thinking about what does your uh, what do your direct reports need do they need clear direction do they need 
mentoring? Can they just, they, they're an experienced person with a lot of knowledge. They can just run out and do it themselves. So they just need a little bit of check-in and maybe a little bit of coaching. So really thinking about what does that person need at that time? So maybe another parallel piece of work that people can um, do a little research into, which is called situational leadership. And that's yeah. by Ken Blanchard. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think situational leadership falls um, right into this. And again, it, it just um, really highlights that you can't be one all the time, right? You can't be a manager all the time. You can't be a leader all the time. You've got to be constantly kind of walking on that that um, balancing beam. <laughs> when am I? When am I this one? And when am I that one? Um, and it could change um, in the minute. So. Um, with some folks, so, but I, I, Crystal, I was reflecting on, on when you were, when you were talking about your coaching practice and how you work with leaders to identify new practices or shift um, behavior or patterns of behavior. And, and um, I know for me, when, when I've been in the classroom or been working with folks, and you've probably experienced this too, is, you know, there's always that one person who's like, oh yeah, this is a bunch of hogwash. I bring the stick and the hammer and if folks don't like it, they can find another job, right? We've, we've all mm, seen that. Yeah. <laughs> always, I'm always got my big stick. So people are always chasing the carrot because that's, that's how it was for me. And so this is how it's going to be for everybody else. Have you encountered anyone with that kind of gruff, this is how it's going to be attitude? And, and what have you done to help folks kind of um, move past that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, ref it's, of course, I was going to say reflecting on what's worked for them. And so we can talk about when we sort of uh, look at those different experiences people have had. Um, while yes, people may have had a manager that, um, and they may have thought this was the only way, was you know that person who maybe um, was very directive uh, to them and how they just you know knew they had to fall in line and they deserved whatever they got. Um, I usually upon reflection, they can also think of people that were successful who did not um, use that same approach and really what effect that had on them as well. Um, it's not always the case though. Um, and we also hear people um, refer to it sometimes as soft skills too, which doesn't help um, give it sort of credibility either this you know how do you developed are your soft skills or working on your soft skills um, when you really um these tough um, skills to create and to develop but that's what i think i would probably do is have for themselves what has what what are some things that have worked um for them uh, that have they have experienced or that they have seen have worked um, to um, beyond just the directive um, approach. I, I like that you brought up the reflective piece around that because I, and I've seen that too over time, you know, where, where I've had folks that I've been working with and, and I'll say, I'll give an example or share a story or something and I'll, oh, that's a, that's a kind of a bunch of BS. 
I've heard it. <laughs> I heard it a little more crassly than that, but <laughs> for the purposes of our podcast, we'll just say BS. And, you know, a couple months later, they come back and they're like, wow, I really thought about what it is that you said and reflected on it and actually um, took a different approach. And the outcome was, was pretty remarkable. So I, yeah, if you can get folks to recognize um, that how important that reflection is, um, it's so powerful and you know time right <laughs> well and i think the other thing that you just said there is so important too if you can if they're open enough you know to just let in a little bit of um experimentation that's that's also mm. a great place to um make a difference because if they can just start small um they can see that it makes a difference um, yeah. and, and it's nothing, nothing like your own experience, your own experiment, um, to prove to yourself that it works. I think that's a great approach to it, to just say, would you be open to trying maybe one thing differently and, and seeing if the outcome might be different? Yeah. I yeah. think that's a terrific approach because you're right. It is, it is so powerful when you do something and experience yourself versus someone telling you. This is how it's going to be. We know that from change management, right? Is that people want to understand what the rationale is behind something rather than just do it because I'm telling you to do it. Uh, that's a management approach to change management. But uh, yeah, the just yeah, seeing if they're they're open to one thing. The other thing that you said that I think is really meaningful, and I agree with you completely, is this whole idea of soft skills. And I think that that can sometimes be a real turnoff you know, for the person who's kind of yeah. got the stick, the carrot and the stick approach when they hear soft skills. I've, I've seen that same kind of visceral reaction with folks when you talk about servant leadership. And servant leadership is such a wonderful, powerful model, but you spend all of your time trying to explain the servant in servant leadership and you kind of lose them at, at right off the get-go because they have such a, such a reaction to that word. And it's, it's unfortunate because it's such a great model. But. Yeah. Yes. So interesting. Um, that's a whole nother, we could do a whole podcast on servant <laughs> leadership. And I, I think we should. Um, it's, it's a great model. Um, and yes, it resonates with so many people. And of course, yeah. you know, uh, it resonates in the sort of mission driven organizations, but it mm -hmm. works also mm -hmm. in the profit driven. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. There's nothing that says, um, that a, a profit, for-profit organization can't also uh, have a real strong connection to their mission and take care of their folk. And that's what leadership is all about, right? It's taking care of your folks so that they'll take care of you and they'll take care of the customers and, and the organization as well. So, and I was just talking with a manager the other day about, um, and they were telling me a story about their, um, what, what they were remembering about a leader and it was that that person, it had been years ago, that person had um, come down to, and they, this person worked in a place that was um, not easily accessible, I guess I would say. And so it took some effort. They weren't, this group was not just in their regular office and this leader had come down and spent time with them and just talk to them. And even though it had been years ago, they just, they held this high regard for this leader 
um, all these years just because of that, because somebody had actually taken the time to go see their work, to talk to them. Mm. And that's part of that um, leadership piece that's so important, just showing up. So, yeah, people can, um, even if it's not, you know, every day or every week, people will hang on to that. And um, it's it's a great way to show that you respect them and respect their work. And really, um, what quality of a leader that you are? Your presence. It it brings us back to kind of where we started with this kind of definition of leadership, right? Which is being present and being there. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and and how important that is. And I know last time we talked about uh, what that lack of that that visibility and connection did um, in a small hospital, um, but. You know, it's it's such a it's hard. I know because your leaders are so busy, but boy, the the benefits of just pushing away from your desk um, for a few minutes every day and getting out and walking the halls and um, and helping folks and connecting and understanding the work that they're doing, um, boy, what a what a powerful tool for leaders, and it, it has such tremendous impact as you were saying. So yeah, being present. Yeah. Hey, can I can I throw in one more um, <laughs> one more quote? Please, <laughs> you are well, you are well armed. <laughs> I am well closest, armed. The closest. So, go ahead. Oh no, I've been I'm finished. <laughs> okay, so this is from one of um, my favorite leaders, and uh, it's Maya Angelou, and uh-huh. she said. I've learned that people will forget what you said, but people will, for, uh, and people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So let me read that again because it was not so smooth. I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Such a powerful statement. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. That's usually the first kind of first thing you go to, right? Is boy, that person made me feel really good. Or boy, that person made me feel really crummy. And yeah, yeah, who do I want to surround myself with or by? Who do I want to be around? I want to be around people who make me feel good. Yeah, or valued or important or whatever, whatever, however you want to fill in that blank there. But um, yeah, we typically tend to shy away from folks who leave us questioning or wondering or second guessing ourselves. So, Which really gets to that piece about we kind of started with around that both managing and leading are important. Um, And lately, I think when you've um, and I appreciate that you've taken us through that historical perspective, but even now, I think that we have um, sort of a negative perspective on management and what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, but that having a balance, but it's how you do it, have a balance between management and leadership because both are important. Yeah. But how you go about it makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's just it, right? You, we, we, we manage processes and we lead people through them. Yep. Um, and, uh, if, if we can master that, I think, um, folks can tend, I think folks will be a little bit more at ease with understanding the relationship between the two. 
manage the processes and lead folks through. Again, there's always that caveat of, of having to find the, where the balance is, right? Where the fulcrum point is on the, the long lever that you're stepping on. But um, in, in, uh, in the perfect world, <laughs> processes mm -hmm. managed, people are led, but yeah. I uh, had another thought to go along with that, but I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> It'll come back to me when we end the call. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, gosh, yeah. Um, as usual, it was uh, a, a rich conversation full of great insights. And I love the quotes that you bring. They just um, add an extra element of, of something to think about and something to consider from folks who have been doing this for a long, long time. So, um, final thoughts yeah. from you today, Crystal. I think, um, my final, my final thought here is that, um, and similar to what I said before, I think people can have a takeaway, uh, to really think about how can you be the best manager and how can you be the best leader? Um, I think, that, um, that not that we believe in leadership and lattes that everyone can be a leader and in the same vein everyone can be a manager but in a formal role we need managers and we need managers who also lead so um so it's that delicate dance between two and they're both valued so um, invest the time in thinking about and learning about how to be the best leader and the best manager um, for yourself, also for your organization and for your team. So thank you, Danielle. I love it. I love those parting thoughts, Crystal. Thank you. So yeah, you can find our uh, podcast up on, uh, what is it, Crystal? Help me out here. Apple? <laughs> oh yeah it's on apple podcast apple podcast yeah and on spotify thank you for that you have the you have the more uh, technical savvy uh, aspects of this so and you can also <laughs> <laughs> you can also e email us your questions at leadership and lattes at gmail.com that's leadership and lattes at gmail.com and we would love to get your uh, your questions, your feedback, your thoughts, and uh, maybe something that might be of interest for a topic uh, at our upcoming podcast. So until we see you again, have a lovely uh, afternoon, and I hope that everyone can spend a little bit more time in the sunshine tonight. Great. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll uh, talk with you next time. Bye.